reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 and 6. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are competent of ourselves to claim anything is coming from us. Our competence is from God, who has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant. Not of letter, but of spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The word of the Lord. Warm enough for you guys in here. Hope you got one of our complimentary fans as you entered. For those of you who are new here, my name is Lisa, and I have the privilege with my husband to lead this parish, uh, Chelsea. Today we are talking about the power of the Spirit. Spirit Gives Life is a series that we're in, and tonight the topic is power. And so I thought I would start with it by sharing some of my strengths and my weaknesses. So my name is Lisa, I've already said that. Uh, Repetition is apparently one of my strengths. (laughs) I am strong in my opinions in my appreciation of luxurious service. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't like a door held for them? And I love it when ordinary moments are made sacred. I am weak in my creation of spreadsheets, in my upper body strength, and my tolerance for strong smells, particularly on today's like this on the New York subway. Today our teaching text starts with such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. David spoke last week about us not carrying around letters of recommendation. That Paul lived in a time when it was normal for you to to have spoken in a place and then gotten a recommendation from that place that would endure you to the next. And Paul said no longer do we do that. But the letters of recommendation are written on our hearts and our lives. We are living letters of recommendation because of what God has done in our lives. We all know that we all have that one friend, that one friend who's the VIP at every single party. They, they don't know a party that the red velvet rope doesn't just drop as they come by. Soho House is their second home. When they eat out at a restaurant, the chef will leave the kitchen to compliment their palate because it is just that good. The last time they actually paid for an item of clothing was when they still thought American Eagle was totally rad. Or maybe you are that friend. Or maybe you've just experienced that power through the power... Sorry, not ninja, just bugs through the power of lanyards or a wristband. It's amazing how a wristband can suddenly turn you into Beyonce. It's like... (laughs) But I don't approach Soho House and say, hey, I'd like to come and have a drink. No, no, I... I attach myself to this VIP friend who knows everybody in the city. I stick really close to their heels. And as they flash their card and go inside, I I join them. I go along with them. And I receive full benefit of the dinner that they will eat, of the drinks they will drink, of the exclusivity and the powerful moment they will be participating in. I get full enjoyment of it. Not on my name, not on my reputation, but on their VIP smile. And that's what Paul's saying, is our confidence is through Jesus Christ to God 
the ultimate access through what Jesus has done on the cross, died for our sins, given his life. We now have this, this VIP access, this drawing into this lanyard that says, I have access to the most high God and I have full experience, enjoyment of what God has for me. That is powerful. That is where the power lies. I am empowered by what Jesus has done. Then he moves on to say, not that we are competent of ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. Our competence is from God, we, who has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, n- not of letter, but of spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. When he's talking about competency here, he's not talking about our modern day understanding of this as the ability to get the job done. Yeah, he's a competent worker. No, no. He's referring to the competence here and saying that it's God's competence in that there is nothing in us that allows us to lay claim that we are capable of doing this work. It is the power of another through us. Over and over in the Bible, we see how God uses broken, flawed, and imperfect people to share his hope with a broken, flawed, and imperfect world. This is really good news for me. I don't know about you, because when I, I look at that, when I see him doing that time and time again, it gives me hope that he can use this broken, flawed, and imperfect person to tell a story to the world I'm currently living in. Some people that you may be familiar with that he did this with was Abraham. Abraham was old, not like David old or AJ old, but like this building old. Sorry, AJ. But like this building old, he was, it was like your, your nana and your pop-up just announced that they're about to give birth to a baby. It's just, it, it's unimaginable. Elijah was suicidal. Joseph was abused, Job went bankrupt, Moses had a speech problem and was asked to speak on behalf of God's people. Gideon was afraid, in fact, he was terrified, he was a coward. Samson was a womanizer, Rahab was a prostitute, the Samaritan woman was divorced several times. Noah was a drunk, Jeremiah was young, Hannah was unable to have children, Jacob was a cheater, David was a murderer, Jonah ran from God, Naomi was a widow, Peter denied Christ three times, Martha worried about everything, Zacchaeus was small and money hungry, the disciples couldn't even stay awake when asked to pray, Paul was a Pharisee who persecuted Christians before becoming one. We also see the same kind of arc in every movie that we love. This broken person who suddenly becomes extraordinary. It's a character that's unlikely, put in an impossible situation, and it all works out. All with a movie soundtrack to tell you exactly how you should feel in the moment. So I'm going to do it without the soundtrack. I was tempted. But let's think action movies for a second. We have a nerdy guy. He gets bitten by a radioactive spider. He very clumsily finds out that he has his superpowers, wants to use it for revenge, the world starts falling apart, he uses it for good, and then gets the girl in the end. 
comedies. Bumbling guy, irresponsible decisions. Friends come together, undo his mess. Guy gets the girl in the end. Probably kissing in the rain. <laughs> Romantic comedy. Guy meets a girl. Some weird agenda brings them together. They fall in love. Something happens. They hate each other. Leave each other. Find out they can't live without each other. Come back together. And girl gets the guy in the end. But there's everything in us that is asking for the story to be told, that no matter how broken I am, no matter what I've done in the past, no matter my inadequacies that I've been born with or I've accumulated in my lifetime, that there is a story that's bigger than me, that there's an external source of power that will breathe into me and make me significant in the story of this world. My contribution, my moment, my breath of 20 years or 70 years or 101 years, that it counts for something more than just who I feel like I am right in this moment. In New York, we become very good at selling ourselves in the first five minutes of meeting someone. So I don't know if you've ever had these conversations. I've had a few of them. Hi, I'm... Fill in the blank. Yeah, uh, I've been working with this young artist on his latest record. You may have heard of him, James Bay. Yeah, he's a good guy, really good guy. I do some work for the Times. Yeah, in my spare time when I can. <laughs> Jason Wu's show was amazing. Yeah, he asked me again to do the runway and the after party afterwards next year. It's it's great. He's a really good guy to work for. Or in New York, we actually specialize in dropping our own names. As humans, we have perfected the art of even turning the moments where we ask to recognize our weaknesses into strengths. What's your worst attribute? Oh, I just, you know, I just love working. It's just... <laughs> my company is my family, and I just, man, you know... 20-hour days, bring them on. I'm so generous. I just, I got to learn to not give away everything. It's, you know, it's, it's not wise. I need to start thinking about the future, but then I see people and it's just like, I have to just give everything I have to them. We need to recognize that there's a difference between honesty and vulnerability. Honesty says, I'm a workaholic. Vulnerability says, I find that work validates me in a way that nobody else can. Honesty says, I'm really glad for him. It he couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Vulnerability says, if I'd had the same opportunities, I'd also be such a nice guy. Honesty says, I'm on a few dating sites to put myself out there, you know, letting God use things to write my fairy tale. Vulnerability says, I'm nervous that my fairy tale is one that ends with me alone. And I don't know that God has got this. Honesty says, I've been blessed and it so really satisfies me to be able to give to charities in a significant way. Vulnerability says, I have enough, but am I enough? 
competence is from God, who is the light, who made us competent to be ministers of the covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And so I have these three lamps to illustrate this. He's talking about the Old Testament, the letter, where if you did everything you were supposed to do, you were considered a good person. Now, these lights have been created for a purpose. They're good lights. They're, they're good lights. They, they seemingly do everything that they're supposed to do. But the New Testament says it's the Spirit that comes and breathes light, breathes power into this. These lights are great, but unless they have the power of the Holy Spirit, they don't serve anything more than just a paperweight purpose. The things we were created to do, the things that God has put inside of us, it is when we open our hands Ask him for his Holy Spirit to bring power into those things that we're not only just a functional, beautiful piece of furniture, but we actually give light. We reflect his power. I heard a illustration of God, of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and I'll share it with you with these three lamps in, in mind. That God would be considered like Con Edison, the power company. He holds the power He's in charge of the power. Jesus is the switch that gives us access to the power. And then the Holy Spirit is the electricity that comes through the wires and empowers what God has ordained to be. The old covenant, I relied on my power. The new covenant, I rely on the Holy Spirit. Peter is a great example of this in the Bible. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. He was a fisherman when Jesus found him. And Jesus called him from being a fisherman. And he was a really enthusiastic guy. He, he believed everything passionately. If you, if you subscribe to the Enneagram, he would be a seven. He was an enthusiast. He just like everything. Jesus, I will never betray you. Soldier comes and arrests Jesus and he cuts off the soldier's ear. Now, now, Peter, pick up the ear, stick it back on. Sorry, guy. (laughs) And then it comes to the moment where Jesus is being crucified and he's recognized. And he's so full of fear of these leaders who have killed his king that he denies Jesus three times. He's terrified of these Jewish leaders. And then a short while later, we see Peter and John They've gone and they've just performed and uh, prayed for a man and he's been healed. And because of this, they've been called before the Sanhedrin, these high leaders of the Jewish cities. And these are the people that he denied Jesus because he was so terrified of them. And we see here in Acts 4, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, If we are being called into account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, 
It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised. Your power, you crucified him. His power, he raised him from the dead. That this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, and there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they're standing before the most intellectual group of men in the country. And these men suddenly realized fishermen are speaking to them as wise men. When they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. The power, when the power accompanies us, there is nothing that can be said. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. We see a man totally transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Many of us have seen people abusing the name of Jesus. We've seen people do things and say things in Jesus' name or by the power of the Holy Spirit that should never have been given credit to it. The credit belonged to manipulation, belonged to strong arming, and that is not the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit leads to life. And for me, one of the greatest ways that I can see the, the, the life, the wellspring of life that comes from having the power of the Holy Spirit infused into my life is love. A result, a consequence of this power is that we cannot help see people the way Jesus sees people and love people the way Jesus loves people. And so I'm going to close with two questions. One, how do we grow in accessing this power? Romans tells us that we need the renewal of our minds by the daily washing of the word. And so that would be the first one. God has given us this book full of his words, full of his life, full of his spirit called the Bible. And as we read it, we begin to learn how he speaks to his people, how he loves his people. It's a beautiful letter. We only need to read it. The second is speaking to God. For us, we call it prayer, and it can be simple. When my kids were little, they spoke to me in short sentences, kind of more pointing and grunting. We kind of got the point. When Indy was, she's the youngest, and uh, she was a little 
late in speaking because she had two older brothers and she just had to go, uh, 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 and she would get exactly what she wanted. And so for a long time, we said, you don't give your sister anything unless she asks with words. And so we have this journey with God. When we're young in our Christianity or in our faith, as we're growing in faith, we may have really awkward, clumsy sentences that we speak to God. But as we grow in him, as we read his word, as we see how people pray, as we, we utter these groanings, sorry, groanings of our hearts and see them answered, we grow in our faith and we begin to have words and language that can pray these sentences, paragraphs, books to our God. Thirdly, we spend time with his people. If you want to know about me or about David, spend some time with my family. You'll learn a lot, maybe more than you want to know. Church, we're a beautiful reflection of this God and his power. The fact that this room is filled with people, young and old, of many ethnicities, of many socioeconomic backgrounds, is nothing short but the power of God at work in New York City. Spend time with his people. And then lastly, simply just ask. God is a good father who wants to lavish good gifts and the Holy Spirit is one of those. We simply ask. The second question is, How do we know if we or others have the Holy Spirit? Well, it's an inward change, not outward achievement. For your phone, how do you know if your phone is charged? Well, it's got life in it. It it turns on. And when a battery runs down, when it's empty, it's useless. Again, nothing but a paperweight. And so... I want to challenge you to even think each day as you go to plug your iPhone in, which you may have to do three or four times a day depending on your iPhone. (laughs) God, I need to do the same for me. The same for me. God, I need your power today. I have all these things inside of me that are wonderful, incredible, amazing, but I have no access to them. What you have created me for, I have no access to it unless I plug my life into the power of your Holy Spirit and let it bring forth the life that you've created me to have. There is a life that flourishes from being with God and experiencing the Holy Spirit. It changes the way we live. If you don't know his love, and you don't know his power, you will work to earn it. If you know his love and power, you will live to display it. Work to earn it, Old Testament, my achievements. Display his love, New Testament, Holy Spirit. If you don't know his love, you will work to earn it. But if you know his love, you will live to display it.